0: into the heart of God. They lead us back to the heart of God. And we want to we sort of lean into that a little bit this morning, this idea of following the way of love. What, and, and, and so we often, we will hear that and we'll go, well, okay, there's something on my end here about being a follower, being a follower. And it's interesting in that little statement where Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the, gifts, the Spirit's gifts. Um, followership is given, given expression by eager desire. It's interesting. Paul, Paul talks about um, to follow the way of love is to have a lifestyle that is eagerly, Hungry for the works of the Spirit. You can't say, I love you, God, and I don't want anything to do with your Holy Spirit. You just it doesn't go, that just doesn't work. Paul jams the two of those realities together in one sentence because that is the reality of the disciples' life. To say I love you, God, is to also posture our lives for with an eager expectation that God is going to, by his goodness, fill me with his spirit, and I'm going to participate in where that leads and where that points and ultimately where that takes us. What does it mean to let love lead us? Where will love lead us? And will we give our followership? Because that's what we have to give. Relationship, it's not all one-way traffic. It's not all heavy-handed from God. He's saying, I'm pouring out my spirit on you. Will you give me your followership? And if you allow me, I will shape that and it will look like an eager participation and hunger for more of the work of the spirit. See how this is all connected up here? Often we go, oh, I love you, God, but not in this area of my life, not in that area of my life. You can have you can have my sense of spiritual life, but you can't have my money. Or you can have my yes when it comes to um, saying no to um, the things of the flesh, um, but you can't have me when it comes to the things of my mind. I want to entertain stuff in my mind, you know, it's... It, it, followership is this learning to come alive in who God's really made us as we allow the Spirit to do his work in us. Um, this is on slide number two, thanks. Isaac, J- uh, Jordan sang in his book, I put this quote up last week and I love it, it's a great quote because we here at the Vineyard, we're a people who love the glorious presence of God. We love the supernatural power of God but we realise that's not in a vacuum. It's in the cut and thrust of the grit of human beings trying to figure out who we are and what it means to follow. So we're not trying to separate the sacred and the secular. It's a mixed bag experience and we love it that way. We love the mess of that. And unfortunately, as I mentioned last week, we've spent the last two and a half years trying to live in a, um, a context that's sanitized everywhere you go. You know, pump, pump, sanitize your hands, sanitize, sanitize, sanitize. And unfortunately, the stronghold that has developed in people's thinking is that every aspect of our life should be completely sanitized where we have control over it. And we just do not. And to think we do is to fall into line with the lie. We do not have ultimate control. We do welcome the power of God. Jordan Singh says it like this, Kingdom life has always been more about devotion than expertise. And the pursuit of God's empowerment always draws us into God's heart. He's never satisfied with a mere show of power when he can do also demonstrate his lowliness and love. So the one-two rhythm of the kingdom and its power is power and meekness, strength and vulnerability, authority and with humility, and glory and grit. If I had another term for this little series that we're working in, I love that last one, the glory and the grit. That's, that's, that's my tag for this. That's my personal tag for this year. I am hanging out in that space. I want to experience every bit of the glorious invasion of God and his kingdom. And I want to be found deep in the thick of the grit of where that breaking in is taking place in the earth. I don't want to miss an ounce of the dirt. I don't want to miss an ounce of the, bu- the bumps and the rub and the struggle and the having to deal with offense and learning to grow in forgiveness. I want to live in the glory and the grit. That's what the invitation of God is. Imagine what it was like for God to take on flesh and come and dwell among us. The glory manifesting in the grit and the detail of the human life. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, there's this little account I want to set up this morning on where Jesus, in Mark chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 9, he's, he's, um, he's going through all these towns and synagogue, uh, villages and teaching in synagogues. In verse 35 of chapter 9, Matthew, he says, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus gives a clear description of what the harvest field of the kingdom looks like. It's where you live and interact with the harassed reality of people's lives, where there is sickness and brokenness and sin and harassment, that, that's where the kingdom is breaking in. To avoid all that sort of stuff in the idea that we think it, we want to live this sanitized Christian life, we miss the point. Jesus invites people, that's, and that's why he says it, he says, the workers are few, there's plenty of harassment out there. There's plenty of harassed people in here today, like sitting in these chairs. You guys have been harassed through the course of a week, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, economically, work in your vocational workplaces and spaces with how many bricks did you make this week? That's not enough bricks. Make more bricks. Where are those KPIs? We are living in a constant worldview and experience of being harassed. And Jesus says there's plenty of people out there. It's just as much as he says he was in their synagogues, in church teaching God's people who were also harassed. It's not like we're the unharassed and they're the harassed out there. It's all going on everywhere. And God says the way that looks like is people are desperate for someone to come along and lead them like sheep without a shepherd, creating a space that's safe and welcoming for people to realize, yes, here's my harassment. Please bring the kingdom in the context of the spirit and the people of Jesus, setting each other free and building each other up to be then a gift to the world. So, friends, Jesus is saying there's plenty, there's plenty to do, there's plenty to engage with, both in our personal life, our families' lives, in the lives of our people and in our workplaces. But Jesus says the workers are few. And the reason why the workers are few is because Paul's tapping on that a little bit later on in 1 Corinthians 14. He's saying, because, hey, people you've separated out the idea of what it means to love god and participating in letting his love lead you into the things of the kingdom our our world is really desperate for some people that just know that they're loved by god filled with his spirit and bring his stuff this morning we're going to go to the fourth slide Thanks, um, Isaac. We'll go to slide four. Just remembering, I've got a couple of guys here today who are going to come and share with us just for a few minutes, like last week where Lee shared her story of when she first met the person of the Holy Spirit and what happened to her and what that was like and so forth. I've got a couple of guys that are going to come and share this morning. Just a, a few minutes each, That similar thing because we're here equipping everyone to join in with what God's doing in our actual lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, um, first one I'm going to invite is Corey. Corey, why don't you come on up here, mate? Well, let's welcome Corey. And Corey's just going to share with us a few minutes of what it was like when he first met the person of the
1: Holy Spirit. Oh, thanks, Kirk. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Um, you can't make this stuff up, because I didn't know what you are going to be talking about. But uh, probably the first thing I would say is, for me, um, as a contemporary Christian in a very um, large, contemporary church, um, it wasn't encouraged to be meeting um, with the Holy Spirit, probably more organically, like what you're talking about. It was part of what happened, but mainly we talked to Jesus and God the Father. Um, so... For me, it came from a place of actually really, really wanting, and out of a deep place of love, um, God to break through in an area of stuff that I was doing in ministry at the time. And um, I was just really frustrated that everything we did in the natural, um, with our strengths and with our knowledge and wisdom, um, wasn't working like it should. You know, we were leading a lot of people to Jesus at the time, but it was just breaking down and falling apart um and lots of things weren't people just weren't seeing breakthrough it just wasn't happening for folks so it my first encounter with the holy spirit truly rather than just receiving the holy spirit but actually feeling and experiencing the holy spirit um was actually very confronting for me it wasn't a happy place it came out of a desperation though for god to break in i was very very desperate for god to be a part of what we were doing so that ties in which you can't make that stuff up right um Uh, i actually started speaking in tongues in my sleep that's the first experience of the holy spirit now (laughs) for me speaking in tongues was almost of the devil even though it's in the bible that's kind of what we were taught unless it was interpreted and had a reason it had no place and it was probably of the enemy now i cut that off that's just not correct teaching okay Uh, there is a place for the holy spirit and you'll get taught that really really well in this place So I was waking up, and in fact, my wife even noticed, she's like, you're speaking real weird in your sleep, babe. And I would wake up and go, what the heck was that? Um, Because I was going to sleep desperate. It was on my mind and my heart for God to break through with what we were doing in our ministry. That's how it started, and, and how that felt was really weird and confronting because I was in a place that that was not supported. I didn't know how to deal with it or work with it or do anything with that. I just knew that it was different to the point with where I would preach on a Sunday or at youth group at the time, I, wasn't, I was having almost out-of-body experiences where I could see the Holy Spirit landing on people. I could see pictures of what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in people's lives. And trust me, that was freaky. We were scripted. We knew every word that we were going to preach. And that just broke that down. But I was desperate for God to break in, so I kept embracing it. It was, um, how did it feel? Crazy. It felt out of control. Um, and it felt awesome to know that God was doing something with that. Because the effects, what I could see out of that, it wasn't about me. It had nothing to do with me. It was what God was doing in others. Um, and, you know, the freedom that people experienced because of that out the back end of me just being soft to allowing God to take me out of my comfort zones. I like control. I really like control and organising and getting everything set up properly. Not always God's way of doing things. And so for me, the trade-off with that was just this, the more I walk in that, the more excited I get. I get very excited to see the Holy Spirit working in people's lives and changing them, healing them, breaking off the things, the baggage of the world. Um, So as I've grown with that, I've ended up here, uh, which is awesome. Because I love how this place encourages um, going with the Spirit, despite how messy that might look or how out of control that might look. And um, folks, I just really want to encourage you, if there was one thing I'd say to you, which I think is how you started, Kirk, is really want what God wants to do. It's not necessarily about, it's not always about you, but the first part about the Holy Spirit coming is being open to Him to come and desperate enough for Him to come to be part of that. Thanks
0: Corey. <clears throat> Mate even as you were sharing I could feel the temperature of the spirit in the room just rising in people's hearts. Thanks. Thanks Corey. Fantastic. I love hearing these stories of how God introduces himself to people through the Holy Spirit. Beautiful stuff eh? May the stories stir up in you as well the encounters that you've had with the Holy Spirit as you're listening. May they be revisited to yourself as well. Hey, i have asked Sean. Sean, come on up. Hey, let's welcome Sean. He's going to also share with us for a few minutes about when he met the person of the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Kirk.
2: Um, When I was a little tyke, I used to go to a Roman Catholic church and I Spent lots of years going to church. When I um, got a bit older, I used to go by myself. um, And I think I felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit back then when I, for no reason, would start this crying malarkey that I've spoke of in the past. And I used to just think I was weird and never thought any more of it. Go forward 30 years and not going to church, I... um, I believe I met the Holy Spirit, the transformative, redeeming, unraveling, renewing Spirit um, when I came here. And all of the things that I felt in my past uh, years at church, it was like a release. And I've loved ever since being unraveled um, daily when I pray um, and when I worship um, on the train driving at home and it's truly been a renewing force in my life um, because uh, before i came here um, i was a mess and um, through the power of the holy spirit and through um, jesus and sharon entering into my life and discipling me um, I really know what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to me. Um, One of the gifts that I believe that has um, been released recently is words of discernment. And I won't go into the minutiae of what happened, but I said a word which, in the context, I shouldn't have said. But it was about this person's previous behavior and stuff. And I ministered to him daily just through um, my interactions with him without knowing of his background. And when this word spilt out and I was sort of um, – in, somebody indicated to me, do you know about his background? And I'm going, no, I, I don't want to know about his background. I looked at his background and I realised that I, – I told Sharon about the word and she said, well, that's probably a word of discernment. And it freaked me out and um, I've just gotten used to being freaked out and I love it. So I just want to keep being unraveled in the Holy Spirit and just uh, walking um, and learning and um, discerning and uh, loving because this place is a great place to learn to love, to learn to love uh, the way uh, God wants us to love. And I just thank the Holy Spirit and our Lord Jesus for all he's done for me in renewing me and redeeming me it's like I would be watching the chosen on the train once again getting unraveled and I've just been daring people to ask me why are you crying and I just tell them it's a love story about how God redeems us and how he sent his son um, and the gratitude that I'm feeling um, right now and when I'm being unraveled it's because I feel a sense of gratitude for what God's been doing in my life. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. Great stuff. Two, two
0: interesting places, uh, uh, two interesting stories there. You know, but, um, uh, you know, God, let me just say this up front. The Holy Spirit is, um, is, is not re- uh, refra- um, held back by... Um, denominational spiritual infrastructure he, he you know when god's on the move god's on the move uh cory shared about he was in a in a in a um conservative evangelical background where historically they were told you know anything to do with the supernatural works of the spirit uh-uh, that's more that's all shut down behind that is a bigger story of theology that says because we have the bible we don't need the supernatural stuff anymore so just preach the bible And yet, God came by his spirit to Corey. And how's Sean's story? A young guy going to the Catholic Church, and there in in the Catholic Church starts to weep because of the visitation of the Holy Spirit. He was unsure at the time what's going on, but where that visitation led him is exactly what Jordan Singh says. It led him into the heart of God. It led him to the Father, and I just so God is is not contained by denominational spiritual infrastructure, which is people's best efforts to try and put an understanding on who is God and how we do this thing called following the King. It's and um, that's and we have various expressions and distinctions of that. I love the whole body of Christ, and a sign that God does as well is that He still visits them no matter what badges on the door. No matter what badge is on the door, come, Holy Spirit. That's our prayer. I don't know what happens for you guys when you drive to come here on a weekend, but when I drive here on a weekend, I usually try and make a habit of driving past about five or six different churches so that on my way, my prayer is as I go past, Oh, Holy Spirit, would you come and visit them even more than you ever have before? And would you come and visit us today too? God loves his whole church. Follow the way of love, let me quickly put some um, framework around this because we 're building a community of kingdom doers and healers, not superstars the whole where 're only the anointed and the, the great and the mighty get to play we 're not into that here. we want everyone doing the works of jesus so um, let 's grab the next slide if we could Isaac and um, there 's just there in one corinthians twelve we 've read this a few times, but You'll see there that I've highlighted two words, and the two words are the words "gifts" and the words "manifestation." And I want to I want to um, pick up on that because um, this is this is some understanding that um, let's remember that the gifts that word "gifts" there in red is 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 the word charismata or it's this. Gracelet—it's this little visitation of of an of a reality of who God is upon a person. It has this charisma about it. In other words, it has a certain shape, form, function uh, and, about it. And um, way back in the when when John Wimble was um, teaching at um, Fuller Seminary with uh, Dr. Russ Spittler, they started to teach into this idea that the Holy Spirit is a manifestation of God given by God for the purpose of ministry to take place for the good of the body. Now, transrational is a big word, but by the use of that word, Wimber and Spitler and others who jumped on board with this, they meant that this is something that is um, above natural. It's supernatural and it might sound like I'm pointing out the obvious but we need to because unfortunately the way that we're biased, particularly in the West, is we, we can read a supernatural account of the work of the Holy Spirit but our mindset has been engendered to remove everything supernatural and only to welcome that which is natural And so we miss big chunks of the understanding of how God operates just simply for the fact that we've grown up in the West um, and grown up with this um, worldview that pushes out the supernatural. And anyone that wants to acknowledge the supernatural are considered weird, are considered out of place, not to be trusted. But biblical supernaturalism, that's what we want. When we say we want what's in the book, what we're saying is we want biblical grounded supernaturalism. We want that. And Wimber Wimber and the guys were saying it back in the day. They were saying that the gifts, the charismata, the gracelets are transrational manifestations, they cut across, they cut through. So even our best intelligent ability to understand and contain and to partner with. They cut through that. It's supernatural. Great way to explain it is um, we naturally can see with our human eyes, we can see a spectrum of colors for most of us that may be not colorblind, but for those of us who have natural vision, we can see a spectrum of colours. Now, I should, should have got a photo of it and put it on the screen there, but you've got your normal colour spectrum, but there's also colours that exist that your natural eye and my natural eye cannot see, but they are there. And when you look at the natural uh, um, colour spectrum, on one end, you have this whole other light of colours called ultraviolet, light. And it's there, and it has this whole spectrum of colour. It's just our natural eye can't see it. And if we can't see it, we tend to dismiss it. And even on the other end of the colour spectrum is infrared colour. You know the army guys that put the night goggles on? Infrared technology, where they can see in the night as if it was day because they're using the capacity to see through color spectrum that's there but with our natural eye we can't see it it's the same with the way God's working he is there is the seen way that we can naturally go oh i can see that and i can identify with that and i can participate in that but then there's also the ultraviolet and the infrared ways of the holy spirit and this is what is transrational and it's hard for us to connect onto and join in with. But it's God's heart that we would. It's God's heart that we would. It's, it's um, something above natural, something above our rational state. It's a gifting that comes out of the heart of God, out of the kingdom of heaven or the supernatural realm around us into this earthly realm. Like right now, You and I, well for many of us in this room, we would probably struggle to recognize that there are angelic beings in this room right now because our natural eye has not been trained to identify supernatural ministering spirits that are all there in biblical supernaturalism that are happening all the time. In fact, remember Mary, how she fell pregnant with Jesus? An angel visited her that wasn't just some epic of Disney, that's biblical reality, worldview. view. There, is, there are supernatural beings here in this room today, but they're, they're hanging out in the space that's ultraviolet or infrared, and we can't see it with our natural eye, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, through his inbreaking gracelets, we can begin to open up and see what God is doing in a moment. And what he's doing in a room. It's a bit hard to get our head around this stuff, isn't it? And yet at the same time as our head is wrestling, our hearts are going, man, I want that. I want to see like that. I want to know that. I want to experience this. It's the visitations of God, it's the anointings of God, this grace, this this coming over an individual so that we might be the recipient of a gift so that we might give that gift on for the well-being of others. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts for the giving. They are given by the Spirit to a follower of Jesus so that they might be passed on and blessing to another. Just on that next slide, thanks um, Isaac, on slide number six. So I might just be pointing out the obvious here, but let's just quickly run through this. Where are all these gifts coming from? Well, they're coming from the person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit brings the gifts. In fact, there's this whole language of what gift is mine? Well, don't be confused. The gift that you receive is the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the gift and he releases his giftings through you. You have received the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the gift. And then there is charismata, giftings, or ways of the Spirit that he does things that are transrational, that operate through you and me. So he's the gift. So don't get hung up on, You know, when you go through the whole biblical list of all of the gifts of the Spirit and the functionality of the Spirit, don't get hung up and fearful that, oh, darn it, I know I'm just going to get lumped with the gift of helps. (laughs) Don't be fearful of that, all right? (laughs) I'm being a bit cynical there. But anyway, the source is the person of the Holy Spirit. The recipients, it's the community of Jesus. It's the community of the Spirit. What about immature believers? Do they get the gifts or is it only for the mature believers? No, no, it's just for the or a believer in Jesus. Immaturity and maturity has nothing to do with it. It may have something to do with how you learn to partner with what God's doing in a moment and the gifts that are at play, but God's not picky. He loves us all. We're his kids. And Paul says, actually in in, um, Peter's first message in the book of Acts, he says, this spirit that's being poured out on all flesh, on your sons and your daughters, the young and the old, male, female, God's pouring out his spirit, and it's, it's a great phrase, on all flesh. On all flesh. Not the mature flesh, not the immature flesh, just all flesh. It's really important because unfortunately we live in a disqualification or a qualification culture every day of the week. You get to do this because you've done the study, you're approved, therefore you're safe, therefore you get to play. You haven't done the study, you haven't done enough time, therefore you have not graduated, therefore you don't get to play, you only get to watch. That's not, ki- that's not biblical culture, kingdom culture. Kingdom culture is God will grab anyone whose heart is half inclined to him, even as small as a mustard seed, that's just inclined to him just a bit in a moment and fill them with his spirit and gift them for the moment. And that's why profound things happen that's transrational. It's not on the basis of our KPIs and performance. It's on the basis of the generosity of God. I mean, thank God we belong in a culture like that. The essence or the gifts or the grace, uh, the gracelets, they're tools, not trophies. They're ways of life. They're not badges. They're functions of, outworkings of this person called the Holy Spirit. They're not um, personal identifiers. Apostle. Hey, I'm Prophet Kirk. No, 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 no. I can, I'm, I'll talk about that in another teaching about that but in in terms of the community of the spirit this is about the spirit being grace gifts tools not trophies and they are given for the exaltation of the individual no they're given for 1 peter tells us for service So to say, oh, Holy Spirit, come and anoint me is to say, I will, I'm ready to serve. Whatever you want to do, wherever you need me, God. If you're not ready to serve, you probably might want to be cautious about praying that prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Because if you pray that prayer, God will hear that and he'll say, righto. Here's an opportunity I'm going to open up for you to serve what I'm doing For the sake of others. Um, The purpose is to equip and edify the saints and ultimately to glorify God, be it in the people gathered or the people scattered in the world. Whether we're here or whether we're out and about in the course of a day. Gathered or scattered for the glory of God. One of the things that the Holy Spirit loves to do is he loves to shine the light on Jesus he he the reason why he moves with these gracelets and these manifestations and these transrational realities is he's trying to help people's eyes open up and see Jesus as the father's gift to their life of salvation and freedom um, last thing I want to quickly touch on is um, no, I'll leave that. And just Can we just go to slide number eight? Thanks, um, Isaac. One of the things that we have learnt over the years in equipping people to partner with the work of the Holy Spirit is understanding this idea or, or, or moving into this idea that actually the gift is the person of the Spirit. He's in me. He's filling me and he is with me wherever I'm going in the course of a day. And in the course of a day, like Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, where we started, he will help us to start to see those around us who are harassed and helpless and are like sheep without a shepherd. You come across a few people like that in the course of a day? I do, every day. I don't even have to try. It's just like, Oh, there's another person. Oh, I can see the harassment and the helplessness. How do you want me to engage, Lord? Um, The the idea here is with the understanding that the Bible teachers, that Wimber and Spittler have done some fantastic big theological work on, is that because you and I are filled with the Spirit, wherever we go, we are fully resourced for every circumstance. Most of the time, though, we feel like we've got an empty toolbox and we've been sent to a job to do that we haven't got the tools to do. That's what it feels like. But the reality is, That the disciple of Jesus, filled with the Spirit, has been fully equipped for every good work. Fully equipped. What tends to happen, for example, is someone is sick that you know. And they're a part of your life, they're unwell, whatever the physical issue is or the condition is. And the first thing that we tend to do is we tend to say, right, I need to take you to go and visit the healer. I know this person who has a supernatural anointing for healing and that may well be the case and that may have a really fantastic track record where they see a lot of people healed and there's nothing wrong to go and visit them but the point I'm trying to unveil here is our readiness to move ourselves out of the picture and hand them on to someone else rather than turning up with the empty toolbox and saying, God, why is my heart moved towards this person and their situation in this moment? Fill me with your spirit. Release your gifts to me now that would see the kingdom come. Now, the, the, you ever heard that word, Johnny on the spot, that phrase? Oh, they were just Johnny on the spot or I felt like I was Johnny on the spot. I, I wasn't particularly feeling equipped or graced, but somehow I was just there and God used me. This is how it works most of the time. You just happen to be there. And by the grace of the Holy Spirit, your heart just happens to open up and see the harassment or the sickness or the, the pain or the frustration or the captivity that a person's in. And your heart starts to go like Jesus, filled with compassion. You begin to move towards them. And in the moving towards, the spirit fills with the tools required to bring the kingdom to that person in the moment. This is full on risky. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. What a brilliant ism that is. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. One Here's a little story. Uh, a few years back, we had a, a bunch of kids in here, and, and I just asked the kids, what's God doing in the room? What do you think he wants to do? Who do you think he wants to heal? That was about as Spiro as I got with my approach. And this one, you know, the, as just said, tell me what's on you, what comes to your mind, what do you see, and... These kids were just popping out these words. And one, of the, one kid says, um, head. The word I got from God was head. Oh, okay. So I just simply said, I think God wants someone in this room who has a head to know that God loves them. Is that for anyone in the room? Because this little guy feels like the Holy Spirit just told him the word head. Well, sure enough, this guy puts his hand up. You know, after we all had a bit of a chuckle and a laugh, this guy puts his hand up. And I I, do a quick interview. What's the deal, mate? Why are you putting your hand up? He says, I've had a migraine for the last three days. I said, well, why don't you come over here? And he came over here and half a dozen kids under 10 laid their hands on this man's head and they commanded the pain to cease and they invited the Holy Spirit to bring, release the healing power of the kingdom of God. And this man's migraine after three days lifted and he was just supernaturally healed. Now, did that little kid, did he get up in the morning going, well, he may have. I, don't, I can't assume his spiritual state, but I'm pretty sure he was just like trundling along because mum and dad are going to church, so I'm going too. And while he was there, God just by his spirit, transrationally, dropped this picture and word into this kid's head, into his heart, and he said, Popped it out loud. He risked saying, I think God means, is saying this, and then risked gathering with a bunch of other kids to lay their hands on and see the kingdom come. This is how it works. God uses and moves powerfully through people of all ages and gender. All ages and gender. With his manifestations, his gifts. That It's a beautiful word, manifestation. It literally means in the Greek. It was like, here's a picture. If, if you could imagine, remember the show the Adams family with thing, the hand that would pop up on the bench and sort of like, wander around and then disappear again. I know that's a terrible picture analogy, but it's like that in the Greek. The word manifestation, phaneros, that's even a really bad pronunciation of it. Please excuse me to all those Greek scholars online who are listening back to this. But it literally means the dancing hand. It literally means the dancing hand. It's like... When we pray and sing, Oh God, come, Holy Spirit, come, the dancing hand of God is moving in the room. And He just starts to gift one with this, and gift another with that, and gift another with this, so that those that are gathered would see the kingdom come. And He'll probably just land on you, dance on you, and release to you, and through you, gifts and graces. That you would otherwise potentially not participate in. Empty toolbox, let the dancing hand of God come upon you. Let the dancing hand of God come upon you. Slide nine. The church exists, if we can go to slide nine, thanks, mate. The church exists for the sake of those who are exiled from God. We are called to bring the gospel of the kingdom to every nook and cranny of creation. Get that into you. I love that phrase. Where are the nooks and crannies in your life? Where's the nooks and crannies in your workplace? Where's the nooks and crannies just in our communities, in our schools, in where's the nooks and crannies that the kingdom is looking to move into and see Jesus become famous? Faithfully translating the message of Jesus into language and forms that are relevant to the diverse peoples and cultures. That's our That's our assignment as we let the Spirit come. Now, back to where we started, Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts, the manifestation. So my question is this morning, will you let love lead you this week to where the Father needs you? to see the kingdom come to the people that you work and live with and even the strangers in your street and your neighbours that you pass by as you walk and the dog. Will you let love lead you? Let's stand and pray together. We're going to, we'll unpack a bit more of some of the functionality of some of these gifts and the mechanics of it as we go over the next little while. But just—it's got to—the soil's got to get set right first. Will you let love lead you? Will you let Jesus lead you? Will you let the Spirit fill you? Let's let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, the opportunity to um, open the Bible and spend a little bit of time in there and let our lives be invited and shaped and, and drawn, drawn out from where we are and into an even greater revelation of your love for us, your, your joy for our lives. And I pray now, Lord, that all of the words that have flowed out of my mouth, that have gotten in the way, Let them melt away now. And would you, Jesus, by the power of your Spirit, would you just come forth in our hearts right now? Come forth in our hearts, Lord Jesus, the living word. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Hmm. Receive the Holy Spirit. Even as Jesus breathed upon his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I feel like there's a couple of invitations here from the Lord. The first one is, when I was talking a little earlier on being able to see the transrational, the supernatural, you you want to learn how to see more. Um, I sense there's an invitation from God this morning that wants to draw people on in that journey. If that's for you, would you, would you come down here and join me? Because I want, I want to pray specifically with you this morning. Just over this side of the front down here, you want to see the work of the Spirit. You want to see this biblical supernaturalism. You want to partner With that, more just, just come on over on this side here. We're going to pray for you. Thanks, Robin. Yep, that's it. Good stuff. Just if you just hang there for a few moments, just Holy Spirit, would you minister to these? Just minister to them. We're going to come back to you in a moment. Just hang five for a moment. Last week, there was a, there was a picture word that I believe had, had the Father's heart on it that was shared here about how God in this season is beginning to plant these little seeds, these little seeds of the kingdom in people's lives. And it, it's a bit like the children when they're in, in prep and grade one at school, you know, they get the little bit of wet cotton wool and, it's, and the seed is deposited into it. And the Lord is going to starting to birth a new uh, kingdom life and activity for you in this season. Uh, I'd love to pray some more blessing over that this morning. If that's for you, uh, and you're like, yeah, you know what, that seed thing, I I want, I want that. I'm hungry for that to be planted. I'm hungry for that to be expanded in my life I want to grow in that planting work of the Lord in my life and I want to understand that assignment that comes with that more would you come over and this side over here just come down over in this part over here with me just down here thanks man Okay now the dancing hand of God is moving in the room. The manifestation of the dancing hand of God is moving in the room. And we welcome him. Come Holy Spirit, gift your body, release your gifts. We want to join in with what God's doing. Thank you Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to ask for the rest of us that are standing up. This is where we don't check out, but this is where we lean in and risk the empty toolbox. I'm just the person in row five. What, what could? How could God do this with me? How could God use me in a moment like this? Well, you're filled with his spirit. You just bring your toolbox and say, God, would you jam something in there now and you and help me to join in with what you're doing? It's, uh, it's about as complicated as that. So I need... Um, all of these folk that are at the front here, I need some folk to come and join. Just come stand, stand with them, right, and, and join in with what God's doing. So, I'm probably going to need a whole bunch of you. So, whether you feel qualified, tired, fatigued, or I'm, I want to get out of here, they're all great signs that you're the person God's looking for. He needs some help. So, come and join in. Barry, I need you up here, mate. Come on up. Come on up. Come on. Come on up. Yeah, Rick, come on up, mate. Come on up. Les, Sean, guys, I need, I need you all. Whether you feel qualified, up for it, down for it, whatever, I need you to come and jump in. Come on up, guys. Jake, Matt, come on up. Hank, today, today, mate, the Holy Spirit is on you. Come and give away what the Lord is building into you, mate. Come and join in. Sorry I'm making this uncomfortable for you, but that's just the way it is. This is how we join in with what God's doing. So Holy Spirit, just maybe another... Yep, Abby, just over here be great. Another lady in there, fantastic. Hey, feel free to come and join in. You don't have to... Uh, if, if you're not out here, there's plenty of room for everyone. So Lord, I ask now that you would release and fill the toolkits. Fill them up with your supernatural gifts. Words of knowledge, prof- prophecy, faith. Just, just release them now. Tongues interpretations just release your gifts holy spirit fill the toolbox fill the toolbox that the people of jesus would be encouraged and equipped in their most holy faith in the lord jesus christ thank you god bless them now bless them now in jesus name that's it more lord bring your power we need an increase of your holy spirit's power and presence if you have to go right now god bless you feel free to hit the road. Thanks for coming to the vineyard today. Uh, Don't forget to sign your kids out if you've got kids in next door. Um, But this week, don't be surprised if you find yourself in every nook and cranny and the heart of God catches you by surprise and his spirit causes you to lean towards those that you're near. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for coming to the vineyard today. Thanks, Andrew.